So I wanted to bring in someone who has been in the game for a long time, but is also willing to share her experience and expertise with us. Lily Wexu has been the public voice of the Olympics, the opening and closing ceremonies, been a voice in video games, television programs, radio and TV commercials. She's kind of done it all. She's got 25 years of on-screen and voice acting experience. And she's really done the community a solid by sharing her experience and her considerable knowledge in her ebook series, Get Clever About Voice Acting and Announcing. And it's really targeted towards new voice actors and to really help them avoid some of the pitfalls that a lot of us fall into when we're brand new. So, Lily, Thanks so much for taking your time and and sharing your time with us today. I really appreciate it. It's such a pleasure to be here, Mike. I'm a fan (laughs) of yours, and I'm very happy to be here. I really appreciate it. So many people, especially during the pandemic, when they hung out their shingles to become voice actors, they weren't necessarily trained actors, but they might have good pipes. They might be really facile in, in one area of something. Maybe it's animation or their corporate work or whatever it is that they're doing. Can we dig in a little bit on like the audition process? Like, how do you know that you've nailed an audition? I think I, I get that all the time. I certainly mm-hmm. have my own imposter syndrome over, mm-hmm. is that any oh, good? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. But so many people that are just starting out, they throw their auditions out into the ether and never, we never get anything back, right? Yeah. Especially on like, I mean, the pay to play sites. How do you know? Uh, like, what are some yeah. tricks? If you want to talk about it, can we talk about auditioning yeah, a little bit? Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's a really, it's a big topic. And I just want to say that I spent years recording auditions and never hearing back. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> For sure. Okay. So, I mean, I mean, I've grown as a performer, as an actor, and just a person on the marketplace for so many years. You just learn things and you become better at your craft. If you dedicate a lot of energy to it, you Mm -hmm. know, eventually you're going to get there. You're going to feel exactly like what you described before for a really long time. Like, is this any good? Like, you know, and one of the first things I want to say about that is just get coaching. Get coaching because you're going to have another set of ears. You need another set of ears to tell you, to guide you. One of the difficulties of having our own home studio is that you're just by yourself. You're not getting any feedback. You're not getting any feedback from clients. Nobody's telling you, like, that audition was good. If you had just done this, I might have, you know. Nobody's telling you. So you need another set of ears. Um, So just get a coach for your audition. So that's just number one. One of the things that I've noticed that people do all the time in auditions and in any practice run, and there are, I mean, I know that slow talkers exist out there, but most of the people that I end up coaching just talk really fast. And so they'll grab grab copy and they'll just steamroll through it. They'll just like go and go and go. Um, still guilty. I still find myself guilty of that. Yeah, and yeah. I and I did, t- and I still do as well. And it took me years to just slow down. Mm. And you know, my grandfather used to say he built a studio with me, one of my favorite studios that I had. And he used to say, "Go slower, it goes faster." And that mm. sentence is <laughs> always in my mind because it's true. Yeah. So the reason I say that, especially in auditions, and I'll give an analogy. I used to run a music venue and we used to book bands. And all these bands would come in and, uh, you know, they were all like, most of them were just loud, you know, rock bands and just rocking out. And one day this guy came in and he was playing acoustic guitar and he was real quiet. Mm. And he was playing a song. And everybody just like came in and was just like listening to him and you could hear like a pin drop. 
And when you slow your pace down, that's what you're doing. Because the producers, the clients listening, they're listening to all these auditions of people who just went, oh, I have to read this, blah, 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 blah. They mm-hmm. all end up sounding the same until the one person is like, hey, how you doing? I'm out here. Mm-hmm. Okay, now listen to me. You know what I mean? So it's like a, they just you just draw them in just by the sheer act of taking your time. So that's just number one. You know, take your time. Now, of course, there is copy that calls for you going fast, right? right? right. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking overall in general, the copy you're going to find on pay-to-play sites, even commercials from your agents, all that stuff. It's going to be to your advantage to slow down. Yeah. It's it's hard because, and maybe you can you can talk about it. But for me, it's it's actually like luxuriating in the words. It's not huge pauses between the words. My coach always says, "Connect mm-hmm. your words, Mike. Connect yeah, them yeah, together, yeah, yeah. right?" Because mm-hmm. it's not. I'm loving no. it. You know, it's not these huge <laughs> no. pauses between words. It's no. it's luxuriating them in, in a little bit. Let's talk about pauses because you you brought it up. Sure, sure. Pauses are important. It's not necessarily between the words, but between certain sentences. There are certain strategic sentences. Like the other day, I was coaching this this student, and she had this copy, and it said uh, something like, no time for self-care. And then the next sentence was, no problem, right? So she was reading it like, no time for self-care? No problem, you know? No, wait a second. Give us... Give us a second there. Right. No time for, what are you talking about? No time for self-care? No problem. You know, that pause there is going to give me time to know that you understand what you're reading and it also makes sense because you're coming in with a problem and a solution. Right. So you're giving us that time to just take that in. So remember that the people listening, they're an audience. They, They have to, you know, they... They're choosing you. Yes, they're casting you, but they're just people listening to you. So they have to be affected by what you're doing. If you're just reading like wall to wall, you're not showing me that you understand what Mm -hmm. you're reading and you're not giving any dramatic impact. And I'm not talking about dramatic impact like, oh, I have to make a dramatic impact. That's not dramatic (laughs) impact. Dramatic impact can be as simple as a well-placed pause. And this is a little also an editing hack. Now, you may have this great read and, and be like, oh, I didn't put that pause in. Well, just go put it in. Just put go it in put it in yeah, in your yeah. edit. And then listen back and go, yeah, that sounds good. That drew, that, you know, does it, does it draw you in? If it, if it draws you in, then it's good. You know, put it there. Another, yeah. since just we're on editing, you know, those breaths also, just you can attenuate them. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't don't get rid of them, but you can attenuate them so that they're not like overpowering. Right. Yeah. So I often what I'll, what I'll do is I'll get rid of the ones at the beginning of sentences, but I'll leave the ones in the middle of sentences and just kind of reduce them a little bit. Yep. So these are just little hacks that yeah. that uh, and there's more. I can tell you way more. But th- these are just like little editing Hacks. The people watching this are going to be like, yeah, tell us all of it. Tell us all of it. I'm sure. Because I'm like, yeah, tell us all of it. I mean, a lot of this stuff I I know because I've, you know, I've I've had to do a lot of the same stuff with breath attenuation, whether it's deep breathing and don't cut them out because all of a sudden your pacing gets all weird. Yeah, Uh, that's the other thing. Yeah, for sure. Let's talk about that. Cutting them out. And, you know, because, yeah, you're just so good at all that editing stuff, right? Like cutting them out. You don't want to cut a breath out because what happens now is that the time that that breath was there 
Now you're bringing that sentence closer together. And now that pause we were talking about, it's even less. Yeah. So now you sound even more rushed. Frantic, yeah. Frantic. Yeah. If you can just go slower, put pauses, dramatic yeah. pauses, especially if you're presenting a problem and then you have a solution, you know, any turn in a script you want to highlight. If a word repeats, you want to highlight that word. But there's all kinds of things in a script that you can underline in your performance, but you can also do it with pauses. Mm -hmm. Another thing about auditions, we always talk about they have to sound natural, right? And it's a real struggle for all of us because this copy is not written in a natural yeah, way. Sure. It's better for than sure. it was. It's better than it was, but there's still t plenty of terrible scripts out there. Some are really bad. And you have to keep in mind that a lot of companies that write these scripts is just someone in their office. They're, you know, before, our productions mm. were like a big deal. Yeah. And I will say, you will be more competitive if you can make a bad script sound good because everybody's going to sound pretty decent on a good script. Mm -hmm. That's not where you're going to book the most of your, you know, most of your work. Where you're going to book a lot of work is if you're really good at making bad scripts sound amazing. Yeah. It's not that much fun, but yeah. that, that's true. And sometimes you really so, have to throw their gram their grammar away. Their commas, yes, their, their periods, all this. You got to so, throw it away. <laughs> yeah. So my next thing I was going to bring up is punctuation. So um, because of all this bad writing, and even even if it's good writing sometimes, punctuation, written punctuation is not the same as spoken punctuation. And I really want to emphasize that because notice if you read a sentence like, I want to go walk my dog. You know, you just went down. I want to go walk my dog. That's what was written on the copy. But I want to go walk my dog. That's also right. a period, but it's right. suspended. It's like a suspended period, mm -hmm. right? So punctuation, try to, I get people to actually record themselves talking, like rant about a subject. You know, traffic's a big one. <laughs> we all hate traffic. Um, anything, and you don't have to rant like a, I'm not talking about like an aggressive rant. I'm just talking something you can talk about for two, three minutes where you can just talk by yourself, record it, and then listen to yourself. And then if you had to write that down, what punctuation would you use? That's a great you know, tip. That's a great tip. Yeah, yeah because cool. you would it would be a different punctuation, you know. Um, so you you have to kind of reinvent the punctuation. Not only move it, because a lot of the time, a lot of the times, like the commas in the wrong area, the period there shouldn't be a period there, or things are on different lines, and mm -hmm. so like we make oh, yeah. we make periods. No, 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 no. Your job is to rewrite the script the way it should be when spoken. Yeah. So that's a big way to make things sound natural. And it's hard, still hard to do. Oh, I'm not yeah. going to lie to you and say that this is easy. But once you understand that, wait a minute, how can I say this so I'm not just going down like a period? Like, how can I say, right. how can I make a period that is a spoken period? Right, right. right? You certainly hear that if you if you really go back like that was a that was a very enlightening moment for me when I really sort of discovered that because I'm I'm still like that's a that's a habit I get into is is, is I want to go down at the end of my sentence. Everybody does. It's right? normal. We want to do it. Yeah. It's but a if you brain. listen to it's like a brain thing. Right. But if you if you listen to a lot of, you know, I go through and I I download iSpot TV and I download all sorts mm -hmm. of reference commercials that I use for mm -hmm. my own sort of reference if I need to go back to a script and those phrases it's that suspended period that you said. They lift at the end. And I think it's a trick to get the listener to keep listening. 
Um, mm-hmm. And it's to make it sound more conversational because we don't. Like I notice myself, I'm not even, I'm not going down. But, when we're just rapping here, I'm not going down on my sentences every time. Exactly. They right? lift. Some they you lift will, some end. you won't. Some yeah, some will be yeah. three in a row that you're going up. And then it's a different up. One was up here. The next <laughs> right. one was up here. The one, right. you know, And then only one of them was down here. Right? So there's different openings of ends of sentences. And it can be really, it can be really challenging, especially when there's these staccato little phrases, when the periods are, like you said, in the wrong places, or God forbid you get a script and it's double spaced with, you know, Mm -hmm. five words when really it should be one long sentence. Uh, Yes. It can be really hard. It can be really hard. Yeah. Or like the pauses in the right place, like the da 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 is, and then they put a pause after is. It's like, no, we don't, I had one commercial I just had to do and actually, you know, and I, I said to them, I said, guys, this, we don't talk like that. Like it was something like, uh, our agents are, it was something like that. Like our age, it was like a, a security agency. And they were like, our agents are committed, empathetic. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but like our agents are two dots, empathetic. Who, who, who <laughs> right. talks like that? Right. Nobody talks like that. Right. Our agents are committed empathetic you know the committed is tied to the first part and we had to rewrite it on the fly you know and i'm grateful that those clients were like lucky you know yeah because (laughs) sometimes it doesn't happen or sometimes they're not there and they really want that pause because they're like you know in my edit in my video i have a pause here and the guy said that to me at the beginning i said okay and then i just said i'm gonna do it you know and i did it and it sounds like crap and they're like oh yeah you're right it's tiny yeah you know so you but in the audition you're basically sometimes teaching them <laughs> like how, how to rewrite right. the script. <laughs> right. You know, you're saying, look it, you gave me this. This doesn't work really well with the punctuation that you put in or the spaces that you put in. I'm going to show you how this sounds better. So if you think of it like that, then you're like, and you're allowed to do whatever you want. There's no like audition police who's going to come and say, right. That's a good you point. Know, <laughs> like you're, good point. you know, there was a period right there. You know, it's, it's very different than, say, in acting, where some of the punctuation is there. It's giving you a lot. It tells you a lot about the author and how they're thinking. Like, I'm thinking about a David Mamet play or, right. you know, like, there's certain, um, when you're doing you theater. you got to cross on a syllable, right? You, just, you really you know, got to interrupt yeah, in theater, on the right syllable, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's really giving you insight on the intention of that character. But in, in our world, all that is baloney. It's, it doesn't exist. So we're lucky. We're lucky. We yeah. don't have to respect any of that. So make it your own. So that's another um, another that's uh, great. hack. Make it your own. I like that. Yeah. Um, another uh, tip that I have, and I've worked on this with students, and it really helps them, is do an activity just before you start speaking. Right. And those who are like perform performance inclined, whether they're singers or teachers or actors or anybody that has a little bit of that, or moms or dads that like to read, you know, a lot of people have like the performance bug in them. Mm-hmm. This can work where you do a physical activity. So um, for example, I, I was working on a commercial with a student and um, it was like a commercial um, for like a Panera bread or something. So it was like a salad. It, they were selling a salad or whatever. So like pretend you're actually, you know, and if you need to go get a fork and stick it in your mouth, you know, nobody's watching, nobody cares, <laughs> you know, just pretend that you're like eating the salad and then and then start your line. Because doing that physical activity is going to get you out of that what is written down. It's going to bring it into your life and what it means yeah, to right, you. Right, right. So 
the challenge here is sometimes finding that physical activity. We're like, oh, I don't know what to do. But like, it can be anything. It could be like you're pretending you're, let's say you're, you're talking about a credit card, a new credit card. You can look in your purse or in your wallet for it and be like, oh, here it is. Right. For sure. You know? For sure. And, you know, so these little physical activity things can really um, help you just to get out of your head for a second and yeah. to just say at least the first line more naturally. Right. Right. I, I, right? For me, you know, as, as a guy, it, a guy at my age, the common direction I get in the audition scripts is pretend like you're talking to one of your buddies at the bar. Yeah. So yeah. I'll go, you know, I'll do the pantomime before I go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bob, yeah. I was just talking yeah. about somebody about my mortgage and That's... my Ameriprise mortgage, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> and you can, you can you can really just lead into it. You're bringing it into the real world and so that you can come into it. Yeah. So that's one. Another one is obviously in that same vein. And for and, and it's also helpful for people like to improvise, you know, improvisers. They'll really respond to a physical activity like that. The other one that's related to that is obviously the ad lib. You know, I'm sure you know this. It's mm-hmm. like you just start start talking before. So, you know, Diane, I was just thinking the other yeah, day yeah, yeah. that, you know, I really want to try this. And have you ever tried the new blah, blah, blah? You know, all of a sudden you're it's just, amazing. Oh, you sound like a real person. And then what happens is that everybody just read it. Have you ever da, 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 da. And then you come in and you sound like a real person asking a real question. And the person listening goes, wow. Oh, yeah. And guess what? You just became a favorite. You just became a shortlist because you got their attention. You actually mm. sounded like a real person. It's the first time they hear a real person. That's why it's worth spending a lot of time on this kind of thing. It's because it makes you stand out of really a can. sea of people who all sound the same. Right. You know. Because um, I do think that a lot of people don't realize, and I want to. I want to keep going with those these hacks because yeah. this is this is absolute gold for for people. Um, it's my understanding that if a lot of people have multiple agents, but a lot of times those scripts will go to multiple agencies. Oh, yeah. So it's not just going against, you know, the 40 or 50 guys or, or gals that are in your agency's roster. It might be going to hundreds of people. Hundreds. hundreds oh, yeah. Of hundreds. Because yeah. it's when it's yeah. a casting like that, oftentimes, A, they're inexperienced because anyone experienced knows that they're not going to listen to 500 auditions. So your auditions are not even being listened to um, because the reality also is that once, and this is true, if you ever cast anything yourself, like once you find the voice that you want, you're done. You don't keep looking. Right. So that's something that if you do have the luxury of having many agents, you want to, you know, pay attention to you at the beginning, you're just doing a lot of auditions as a practice run to get to know your what you're doing and you're hopefully working with a coach and you're trying things and you never know where you're going to land so you have to just try a lot of different things eventually you start to get to know your voice and you start to get to know what works a because you're getting hired all the time in that sector or you're just getting a lot of activity in that Mm. sector Mm -hmm. and your coach and your agents everybody's kind of always sending you kind of the same type of thing so you're starting to get an idea of like okay this is this seems to be coming up over and over or sometimes it's stuff that you love too sometimes it's just like the one thing you love doing and it just works you know it doesn't always work like that but pay attention to what you're attracted to now you may also really knock it out of the park in a sector that you you're not in love with you're just good at it that Mm -hmm. happens too Mm -hmm. um but just, you know, there's a lot of cues that will tell you eventually where your where your niche is going to be. And 
once that happens, you're not going to audition as much. You're, you, you know, that struggle that we're talking about, auditioning so much and never hearing anything back, it's going to be less and less, partly because you're just doing less auditions. And right. you're doing auditions that you have a high chance of booking. So your booking ratio is going to go up. So instead of like one out of 100 where you got lucky, you don't know how come you got it, you're going to be like, you know, one out of five, one out of 10, one mm -hmm. out of eight, you know, mm -hmm. one out of three, you know. And over time also what happens is that you start to build a community around you of the clients, agents, all these people, and then you're in a small pool. Oh, we're, we're you know, you're one of three voices we're going to submit. You know, oh, you're one of 10 voices we're going to submit. So mm -hmm. the pool that you're in starts to get smaller right. and smaller. Right. So your ratio goes up because you're not competing anymore against hundreds of people. Right. Yeah, for sure. So that's another thing about auditioning. And that's why you need training. And that's why having a second set of ears is going to speed up your journey because you're not going to have to spend years, you know, figuring this out on your own. You're just going to get other ears on it yeah. that are going to help you. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there because I don't want people to feel like, oh, I have to be doing 50 auditions a day. You know, I really don't believe in that philosophy. I think at the beginning you want to audition as much as possible because you're finding yourself and you want to get experience. You're getting that practice in. You're getting that practice in and you're also seeing, you know, what people are looking for, the right. themes that keep coming back way they express themselves, the types of scripts that are mm -hmm. out there, mm -hmm. the ones you like, the ones you don't like, you know, what you want to waste your time with, what you don't want to waste your time. Yeah. You know, so so it's all very useful. But after a while, as you go through your journey, you do want to audition less and less. Okay, so another couple hacks that we can talk about. So, you know, the two takes, there's a whole debate. Do you do two takes? Do you do one take? Do you do three takes? How mm -hmm. many takes should you do for an audition, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, I think doing two is a pretty safe place to be. If you're inspired, by all means, you can do three. I wouldn't do more than that because then, unless it's very short, mm -hmm. like if it's like four words, then yeah, you can do four or five because it's so short and it can go in so many different directions. What you really want to do here is differentiate your auditions. And I know this is like, this is like a thing because a lot of times I'll get my students to send me their auditions. I'm like, send me what you sent. And I'll hear two takes that are exactly the same. Right. <laughs> like over and over. Right. Just they're, they're all exactly the same. And I'm like, okay, there's a problem with that because what you're saying is I can do the same thing twice. And nobody really cares about that. They're like, that's a skill I don't have any use for. Mm -hmm. You know, what you want to show is that you can do different things. And so people like rack their brains like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? It could be as simple, as simple as you're doing one slower, like we said, and one faster. Mm -hmm. You know, it could be as simple as that. Or it can be one where you're smiling and one where you're more serious. It can be one where you're just very, very intimate into the microphone and yeah. one where you're projecting more. So you want to do them a favor and be like, this is where it can go. And it also shows range, which is really important because most people want to know that what if the client wants, you know, I'm thinking that the client is going to want this, but what if the client wants something else? I want to know that that, that actor can can go right. there. Um, One thing I've heard sort of on that same line is you can often consider your slate a third take because your mm -hmm. slate can sound different and be like, oh, that's what Mike sounds like. And here's what Mike's interpretation of character sounds like. And then here's the second interpretation. So you can say, I'm, di I'm directable in some way that your yeah. slate can sound different. Even if it's just like just your name or 
hey, it's Mike, yeah. here's two takes. You can. I think that works totally if your slate is very natural. Right. I think um, people have a tendency to say, so-and-so, hi, I'm so-and-so, right. and then it doesn't sound right. natural. Right. So if you are going to, you know, it's funny because slating, I don't even slate. I rarely slate. Oh, really? So many yeah, of my because... auditions say slate and then <laughs> to, yeah, you know, they'll so be very feel, prescriptive you know, in what you need to do. Because I feel like so many say, do not slate. It's funny. Like, I feel like most of them say do not slate or say nothing. Mm. And then when it's wanting slates, it usually says slate, you know. Right. But um, so for the people who are, who are they're unfamiliar, a slate <laughs> is when you say your name in the beginning and maybe you'll say a number of takes or something. You'll you'll take two seconds and say your name. Yeah, so it basically <laughs> comes from the film industry. In the film industry, you know, you have that clapperboard, and it says it, it identifies the scene. That's a slate. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. We identify ourselves. You know, I'm Lily Wexu. I'm mm-hmm. Mike. That's that's a whole thing. Do you do it? Do you not do it? You know, I say if it's written down, do it. If it's not written and you want to do it, then do it. Um, and certainly, if it says don't do it, then don't do it. And another thing too, on that same note, I don't say take one, take two, take three. And the reason I don't do that is because I was casting something and people who were saying take two, take three just took me out of it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I was like, uh, this is bugging me. Like, I just want to hear the read again. You know, right. mind you, what's good about that is that you know that something else is coming. So that's another thing in auditions. You decide what, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. If you're more worried that they're going to not listen again and you feel like you have a good second take, then say it. You know, if you, if you think your best take, you should always put your, des- your best take first. Everybody right. doesn't expect you to be amazing two times, but they do want you to be great in the first. You, you have to grab their attention mm-hmm. in the first one. I would never say take one. But I would right. say if you have multiple takes, you could say take two, take three. You mm-hmm. don't have to. Certainly it's become a standard. So people expect usually another take, except if it's long. They'll assume that you're doing probably a couple takes, mm-hmm. you know. So you don't have to say it if you don't want to say right. it. I know some people put like a, a tone in between them. I, I don't typically put a tone in between mine, but they'll put like a little I would bit, say, you know, a little. Yeah, I would say between. if you're going to do something, say it. Mm-hmm. If you're going to do something, because just based on my experience, it took me out of it. A beep would certainly take me out of yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. It's like, what? I agree. It's like your mind just got jumbled now and I forgot what I just heard. Here's the thing, you know, and you know this, Mike, it's, you know, they're anti announcers, they're anti this they're anti that, you know. And then if you so so if you show any kind of proficiency, which is so important, you need so much proficiency in your work, like people don't realize how you know, how, how much proficiency goes into it, mm-hmm. but, but you can't show it. You can, you can only show it by putting pause in the right places and attenuating your breath. So they're still there. So they're not going to go, oh, they atten- attenuated the, the breath. They don't know that. As long as they hear them, they go, this is a real human. You know, they didn't edit everything out. Mm-hmm. So that kind of thing is good. But other than that, you don't want to come in and put a beep in because it, it shows that you know too much. And then they think, <laughs> oh, they're not an actor. <laughs> right. It's, it's, <laughs> and it's really unfair. It's really unfair. But that's the way it is. You can have a little makeup on. That's fine. I mean, we all like to wear, you know, especially ladies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, behind the mic is the same thing as a camera. You know, it's good to have something on your voice, but you don't want to have it so overpowering that you sound like right. you're straight out of a radio. Right. You right. know, and because that because some of you like you and me. Like if I start speaking, I come straight out of a radio 
So mm-hmm. we're at a disadvantage because yeah. we're like, we sound too good, yeah, you yeah. know? So you want to dial it down. So Yeah, my yes. regular voice often sounds... Yeah, you sound amazing. Yeah, like you sound, sound amazing. I want to listen to you all day. Like <laughs> I was like, I'm like you're in my ears. I'm like you sound amazing. You sound amazing. But that, and I talk about that in the books. It's like it goes against you. So it any does. kind of when you start to put beeps and things like that, that also goes against you. Yeah, that's so good you point. don't want to do anything too fancy in there. You yeah. just want to take out the stuff that's distracting your mouth noises, your overpowering breaths. You know, that stuff is distracting. If you're talking too fast, it's distracting. Mm-hmm. That's as far as it goes, cool. you know. Cool. And the last thing I'll talk about, also because it's a little technical um, in auditions, is you want to watch your audio range. So this is something very specific. But, like, in an act, I call them, like, acty spots. So where you're, like, a character, like, especially in radio, mm-hmm. you know. So you can go all over the place. You can go up on your levels. You can be, like, off mic. You know, all that stuff works really, really well mm-hmm. when you're doing character work. So, you know, like, uh, if you're if the, 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 the guy in the spot is running, you know, you can totally go, like, <sighs> so right. I was uh, at Dan's play. You know, right. your audition is going to sound amazing, right? So all that can work really well adding real life into your into your reads but if you're doing any kind of narration um or announcer role that is you know not supposed to be announcery but it's an announcer role you you want to be mindful of your range so you can still go up and down and and in your intonation like like we talked about like the punctuation that is like hanging in the air but you have to stay within if you go super high and your voice peaks like, it's just going to take us out of it. Yeah, yeah. Right? Right. So, because people, I, I hear people's auditions, you know, my students that I coach, and I, and I go, oh, you know, you just took me out of it because you weren't, you didn't pay attention. Like, here, you were just kind of like yelling, and then, but it's a narration. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't work, you right. know? Right. You know, it's like the performance, you, so the audio range, you want to, you don't want to be like to a point where you're like, you're never going up and you're never going down. You're just going to sound like a computer. You don't want that, but you want to be mindful when you're listening back. If something is going way up and it's different than all the rest, just re-record that part. Yeah, just fix that. Cool. I think that's I think that's great advice. Great advice. Can and that's you can you can often see it in your waveform in your editor. You can yes. see when the waveform's yes. really big and the waveform's really small. Yeah. If, that, if those yeah. ranges are really huge. Yeah. Maybe you've just correct it. it because even if you when you're listening back it catches your ear, it's going to catch somebody else's ear. For sure. Right? For sure. And but but I want to I want to specify that for character work, it's fantastic. Like you don't want to peak, right. obviously. Right. I'm sure you talk about that in your videos, but yeah. but you so you don't want to peak, but you but going up and down and off and all this, it's fantastic. It's yeah. gold. Yeah. For character work, yep. for animation, for video games, for any kind of character work that you're doing, um yeah, all that stuff is like real life, you know, your breaths in those instances. You'd you'd want to maybe attenuate them a little bit, but not too much. Right. Like you want to leave right. all that stuff in, right. you know. As long as you have a, if you've got a good sounding booth, you really can play like that. I, I had to play something the other yes. day where I had to be downstairs. So I was like, mm-hmm. well, I'm going to talk from down here. <laughs> I'm going to talk from yes. down here. My booth can support that. It's not, you know, echoey and, and reverby. It's the yes, importance of the true, booth. Yes, true, true. But it really true. does. I mean, it helps to act. I'm downstairs or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it helps to inhabit, you know, the character. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, but it does sound, you know, it sounds different. 
when you're way off the it mic just sounds or when real. you're really close yeah, to it. It just sounds, sounds different. real. Yeah. 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 It sounds like, oh, that person really just came into the room or they're just walking by or whatever. Right, right. And, and it just makes it. And, you know, if, if there's another part where you're in front of the mic for whatever reason, then it's great, too, because it shows like, oh, you understand you know, mic. T- it, we call this mic technique. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you understand you get mic technique, and an actor who gets mic technique, it's like, ah, oh, yeah, okay, this person is going to make the most of themselves and of their equipment. Right, right. You know, right. and that's someone I want to work with. Like, there's someone experienced or someone who's just aware and talented. You know, it mm-hmm. just makes me want to work with them. Yeah, I know. I source so much of my work. Here, let me preface: I have a demo, but it seems to be very rare that somebody just says, hey, Mike, I heard your demo, you're hired. That never happens mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. And so much of my work comes from auditions. Where, where do you stand? I mean, do you bring it up in your books? Where do you stand in on new actors getting getting their demo done? Where do you stand on that? You know, this is something like the first thing people want to do when they get into the business is like the studio setup, right? And they're like, you know, I need all the gear. And then once once that's kind of handled and they've been told no you don't need to buy the most expensive one and you can do this and you can do that then they're like okay i got it then they're like i need a demo and it's like no 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 no. let's backtrack a little bit the demo i'm not i'm not saying you shouldn't record yourself and have some things that can be used uh that you can post somewhere so people can find you and and hear you i'm not you know but a professional demo um I really feel like you should hold off on that unless, you know, if you're an actor, you're you're a trained actor um, and you have a good base. Even then, like I train actually a few actors right now that I'm coaching Mm. and the transition is really hard to voiceovers. Like something happens in our brains when we look at copy that is, let's say, corporate or even commercial something happens to our brains and we just get into this reader mode and it doesn't sound natural and yet the market wants us to sound natural and it's a very hard transition so i would say even for actors um trained actors who are just starting voiceovers um you want to delay that process until and this is this is the key is until your auditions are sounding really good and the way you're going to know that is you're going to know that your coaches are going to tell you you nailed it you nailed it you nailed it and also you're going to start to see a return on your auditions you're going to start to see comments you're going to start to see like maybe now you're shortlisted you know oh, you got that gig you know Mm -hmm. you're going to start to see some activity around your auditions once once that happens that's the time you should be thinking okay I can I can move up the ladder now and make a professional sounding demo. Yeah. Because I'll tell you something. Um, I do book work off of my demos. I do. Mm. But they're very specific. And I can. Here's the thing. If you if you're hired off of your demo, which can happen, but then you can't deliver you're right. not going to get you, the the the, the producer is right. going to retract. The client is going to retract. Right. They're going to say, "I'm sorry, um, this isn't working out," because you're not delivering what they they need. Yeah, for so, sure. So, so because um, in the end everything yeah. is audition based, and even the few times that it is not audition based, where they may hire you off your demo, like your performance is going to be the audition. You know, the actual track that you're going to record is going to be in place of the audition. So in the end, like the microphone won't lie. 
you know, if right. you can't perform at a certain level, you're going to be found out. Right. So you have to set yourself up in a way that is realistic. And um, so I really encourage people to focus on nailing the audition. Right. And you know what? Like, and I talk about this in my YouTube videos as well, is that one time this I'm saying one time this hap this this has happened uh, but this one specific time I recorded an, an audition and I knew it was really good I was like because you get to that God. point you get right. to that point where you're like yeah this sounds good <laughs> you know <laughs> like I know this sounds good <laughs> and so the script is also good like a lot of things line up right it's like it's right for your voice the script is good and you're just you just got it you know you're just at that point where you can just eat that one up. And so I recorded um, the audition and I got the job and um, it was great. And then and then somebody came to me and they're like from the company, they're like, oh, we're recasting the voice. And I was like, that happens. It happens. You know, it sucks when it happens, but it yeah, happens. Sure, sure, sure. So um, I was really bummed about it. You know, I was like, oh, wow, that's rejection. Like, <clears throat> It's tough to take, but I was like, that's like a audition. different level of rejection than an audition yeah, rejection. Exactly, it's exactly, like, yeah. Oh. But all this to say that I knew that that audition was really good, and so I used that audition and as a demo. I made it into sure, a demo. Sure. And I cannot tell you how much work I booked. Oh, that's off great. Of that right. demo, you know. So it's but it's a work in progress. Like you get you get to those points. So what I'm saying is nail the audition spend a lot of energy around recording auditions, finding your your niche, your niche, um, for Canada and America, <laughs> we say different things, <laughs> depending. Um, so find your niche, and then uh, when you, you know, um, record those auditions, they can serve as sort of pre-professional demos. They can serve sure. on your on your pay-to-play site. They can serve on your website, you right. know, so they can help you. They will they will play the role of a demo to a certain extent for a certain genre uh, of a certain length, um, and they will they will help you um, be in the ring with other people. I'm so grateful for all the time you've given us today. I, I I cannot I cannot express my gratitude. It's it's wonderful. You've been so giving. You've given so much that people would pay hundreds of dollars in coaching. <laughs> they would. <Yeah. laughs> no, and I mean it's. I, I yes. want to make sure that people know how to get in touch with you for mm -hmm. your coaching. I'll have links in the description and I'll, I'll put that mm -hmm. up in the beginning too. But um, you do, you've mentioned students a lot. You do coaching. Mm -hmm. Yes. And do we want people to get in touch with you through your... They can get in touch through the, yeah, through the websites. The yeah. Getcleverabout.com. Mm -hmm. And if you go to the bottom, there's a contact. Um, or you can even go to my website if you want to hear what I do um, and my niche and where I've managed to build my business, um, lilywexuvoiceovers.com. And there's a there's a place there that says learn about voice acting. Great. So you can go there as well. Great, great. It's been such a privilege to speak with you. I've really, really enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Lily, for your time. I, I just... 
it's it's been great it's been great i hope everybody thank who watches you. this realizes thank how much gold you gave us during this interview because it's been gold thank it's been you gold. It's so been much for having me i'm a big fan of yours and i was very very happy to be here i'll come back anytime you have me it's just great you're so you're you're just salt Thanks, of the earth man. for sharing all of your knowledge <laughs> i appreciate it i appreciate it all right that's all i have for us today so thanks and we'll catch you next time